0: So I appreciate you coming back on because it seems like every time we get together, the topic of doing a podcast like this one, you know, it always comes up. It seems. Yeah, like. for sure. So it was good to see you down at the, uh, the CHC banquet though. Yeah, that was a good time for sure. Down there. There are yeah, lots of people. Turn Oh yeah. Lots of
1: people. You it's know fun much- to go and catch up with all the old friends and see everybody you know at those dinners. I like them because I know just about everybody there, you know, so yeah, right. It's a big you have to visit with
0: people you haven't seen in a while, same as like a field trial. yeah, just less barking dogs. <laughs>
1: yeah, you can actually have a <laughs> conversation
0: it, it, believe it or not, it's easier to hear people over the auctioneer and the music and everything than it is all those barking dogs. <laughs> yeah for sure. you know how much money you guys raise down there? I don't know for sure. No, Uh,
1: we're actually having our meeting uh, at the um, California Sporting Dogs swim race on the 12th. So uh, we'll know Mm. then, you know, about the dinner and stuff.
0: Those seemed pretty good. (laughs) It was a good turnout for sure. Yeah, you know, it was a good time. But we, uh, I know we touched base there and thought about doing some some more podcasts because I'm getting a lot of these phone calls from guys that are really new, or I would say, Inexperienced, You know, they might've yeah. been in this for a while, but they're still trying to figure it all out and they're looking for advice and you know how the internet is. You ask oh, a question, yeah. you got 10,000 answers. Yeah, good and bad answers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, <laughs> the bad part is if you don't know the <laughs> good movie. ones, you really can't pick out the bad ones. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we we've been talking about this for a while, but what I want to talk about today is... The first step, I think, in really building that hunting partner, right? Like, it doesn't start the first time you go to the woods. If you buy a finished dog, that's one thing. But we're going to talk about starting, A, with puppies before they even make it to the woods. And some things that you can do to work them and get them ready so that when you put them in that environment, it's not a culture shock for them. And they actually have a chance to succeed instead of just I hate to say it, but the attitude of you're going to make it or you're not right. Like a lot of guys say that they've either got it or they don't, which I fully agree with, but there's things that we can do as houndsmen to give that dog the best odds that it's going to succeed. Right. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's a lot of little things a guy can do.
1: Um, Like with my pups, I start from the day they're born, you know, I like to handle them, uh, you know, touch their feet, turn them over on their back you know, you do all that stuff with them. So that way they're used to that kind of stuff, you know, later on when you're going to doctor them or when you're going to do whatever to them, they're used to being handled. Right. And it doesn't make them uh, spooky of you when they're a little older. And then that way they also know your yourself, your smell and your voice and they learn all that before their eyes are even open. Yeah.
0: Um, do you have like a, a routine that you go through? Like I know there's lists out there, you do this on this day and it's supposed to be like a sensory a sensory thing for the puppies where you're flipping them over and you're doing like you're talking about touching their feet and stuff like that. Loud noises. Um Do you have like a set thing that you go by or you just go out and mess with them?
1: Yeah. I just pretty much go out and mess with
0: them. I don't really have a set
1: thing. You know, I know uh, I've I've listened to some podcasts and read some articles that people do that, you know, and uh, I've been kind of wanting to try that, but I've never done that. I, you know, any kind of routine, I just make sure I handle them and play with them and, you know, like I said, talk and make some noises, and you know all that stuff. But it all depends on the female too. Um, you know, sometimes you got to wait a few days. The female might not want you messing with them. You know, right? So as yeah. long as you interact with them and don't just leave them sitting in the dog the whelping box and and don't touch them. You know, that's that's the biggest mistake. Then their eyes are open, and they see you and smell you, and they're scared to death. Yeah, they got no choice when their <laughs> eyes are closed. Like yeah. it makes
0: it kind of nice. And I agree with you. You know, a lot of people have always said. You know, don't touch them just leave them they'll come out when they're ready and i'm not gonna say that that's wrong for certain people but i i don't see that working nearly as well when you're trying to you know build an all round dog used to being handled i think you gotta start it like as soon as possible and when you have that litter at home you got that advantage yeah. instead of trying to pick up a pup or you know get an eight to 12 week old dog you know who knows what's already ingrained to those first couple days i think like when their eyes are open you notice it's like okay they start moving a little more and then after what like day four day five i notice it's like holy crap yeah now we got like monsters everywhere
1: but i also think there's a fine line there too because um, not all dogs are all different, but some dogs, they can get too attached to you if you really play with them like for hours and hours a day and just spend all the time with them when it's time to start hunting them. They don't want to leave your side as they're your buddy, you know? So yeah. I think there's a fine line there too, um, with that, you know, you got a guy wants to mess with them enough to where, you know, you can handle them and everything, but you don't want them so attached to you. They don't want to leave your side. I've seen that problem a lot with young dogs. Yeah. Um, that people have and they yeah, my dog just won't go actually i have one right now dandy um i raced when i got her it was wintertime snow on the ground here and i only had one puppy so i kept her in the house you know and now she's really attached right, right? when i'm walk hunting she just wants to walk with me you know she's a good dog you know she runs hard locates trees does it all she just don't have that hunt to her to go out there and look for a trap. you know because she she's a real close range hunter because she wants to be by me right you know because she was Which raised is frustrating yeah you know, slept with the, me in the bed and everything with is a little pup so that's that's why i think she's like that you know yeah but it makes as she, sense as far as everything else she has it she just ain't a real wide hunter like i caught and i could sit him down a canyon he'll go until you find something you know he don't care where i'm at
0: right and
1: uh, let till i call him back but um yeah it, i think there's a fine line there with with that too but but yeah, yeah, what I like to do with mine is, like I said, just play with them, handle them a little bit, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day and just do that until they get old enough to start eating. And then, you know, about I don't know, three four weeks old, they'll start eating on their own. And then as they're eating, I like to pet them, put my hand down there so they don't, they don't get food aggressive right. and, you know, play with them that way too. Um, you know, I think a dog, a puppy learns stuff. So if, if you have that puppy out there and it's growling or getting food aggressive while you're feeding it, it, and then it, and you don't correct that, and you let the puppy do that, every that's what it learns to do. You're teaching it to be food aggressive. But if you're mm-hmm. right there when the puppies are little and the first time you feed them and one growls and snaps the other dog, you just kind of flick it in the head or whatever. Like, hey, <laughs> stop that. Just get its attention, you know? Sure. And then, okay, I ain't supposed to do that. You know, they learn fast like that. But Yeah, it's like when all
0: this overload of like sensory input, like it's all new. They're starting with a clean slate, so yeah. it's easier. Yeah, I
1: think uh, a, a guy's trained dogs a lot of bad habits, you know, by letting them get away with stuff. And they, oh, it's just a puppy; it'll go out and you No, know, I like to stop it from the first time it does it. Yeah, and I've had really good success doing that kind of stuff, you know.
0: Yeah, um, we were the same way. I mean, when we were breeding the blue dogs, we didn't mess with them a whole lot, you know, as young pups except when it was feeding time for mom, you know, give her a break. And then we would take that time and it would make it so, you know, like you said, limited time so much a day. Yeah. It's not like overloaded. It's not a lot of, a lot of, uh, I don't know, personal connection with them, but at the same time, it's enough. They figure it out and they like, you said, they learn your voice. They know that. Cause I swear, (laughs) I mean that, that first litter, we probably went over the top too, you know, like you're saying with Dandy, where they weren't real wide hunters. They eventually grew out of it, but at first I knew a lot of that was because the way we raised them as pups. And it's just, I don't know, you don't know until you try or you hear somebody give you their experiences. Yeah.
1: And they're all different, you know, you get that one dog that's, that's, you know, not as high strung or whatever it's the kind that's going to be attached to you. You get some of them. It don't matter how much time you play with them. They don't care, you know, but (laughs) they're all different. You got, and you don't know that at that age.
0: Right. That's the hard part. I think is you don't, they can't tell you anything at that age. Like they don't have body language. They don't have any of that that you can pick up on. It's tough with a pop.
1: Yeah, all you know is that they're healthy and their color. <laughs> yeah, right. all you know at that age.
0: <laughs> their color at that age. Yeah, yeah who what changes. they're going to look like in six months.
1: Yeah, for sure. They definitely change a
0: bunch. So what about, I mean, I'm curious how you do things, is after, like, puppy puppy, okay, like, the eyes are open, they're moving around. I've never been a huge fan of puppies. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be popular. But, <laughs> like, that age between... I don't know. I have a hard time, like 12 weeks to six months, right? Like, it just seems like it's the hardest part because you got to put in a lot of effort with them. But yet, I don't like messing with puppies so much, especially in a large group, like a whole litter. Do you isolate them at all at that young age? Or do you pretty much just mess with them all as a, a group? I mess with them all as a group, but I normally at eight weeks old, I'll, I only
1: keep two or three for myself, and then I'll get rid of the rest of them, you know, to whoever. Um, and then, but what I like to do is I like to leave the puppies with their mother as long as possible because she'll teach them manners, teach them not to jump on other dogs and, you know, play so hard. And, you know, a lot of puppies don't get that when somebody pulls them away at six, eight weeks old. They don't, their mother don't teach them manners. Now let her wean them and her push them off. Sure. You know, that's a good thing about raising your own litter. You know, I like to leave them on, you know, sometimes some mothers will keep them longer than others, you know, but some of them are done with them by the time they're five weeks old. But <laughs> yeah, no, kidding. you know, I, I think the mom will teach them a lot when it comes to that kind of stuff too.
0: Well, you but, hit it like manners, especially, yeah. especially in those young pops as far as squabbles and things like that. I think if they're in with mom, it makes a big difference and they learn that limit. Like we can't push it this far kind of deal. Yeah.
1: And then when they're that age, as far as barking around the house, too, I like to discourage that from the first time they start doing it. Because, like I said, if you let them sit out there and bark and bark and bark, oh, you know, they're just a puppy, you know, well, yep. that's what they're learning to do. And actually, Brad Mombert told me a good idea. Somebody told him is you get a little squirt bottle with water in it, and you tell them, you know, whatever words you use, I just use no. Mm-hmm. no, and you spray them with that water. And a couple times of that, they, you hear no, they know that's <laughs> <it's> enough, <laughs> you know, that they're going to get sprayed with the water.
0: I, I think Brad picked that up watching Caesar Milan. Opinion. He might have, maybe. <laughs> I could see Brad watching him. <laughs> no, I've heard that a lot. They say, I mean, the water spray, because it, obviously it's not going to hurt them in any Yeah, way. just
1: enough to discourage them what they're doing, you know? Like, hey, every time I bark, I, I he says no, and I get sprayed with his water. Yeah.
0: You know? And they're too mean, young for a bark collar or yeah, any kind of correction want, like, that. like
1: that. Yeah, just enough to get their attention, you know, and get them change their their mind and what
0: they're doing would you would you agree that that's like in my eyes in training that's the biggest thing is attention breaking because for sure people want to give shock callers a bad name and you know this and that and they say it's you know obviously hurting the dog or whatever which we know it's a correction right but yeah it's um to me when you're breaking their attention, even in trash breaking, it's not I don't think the shock all the time that does it no for sure it's you're just breaking their attention even just to get them to listen like a tone or a vibrate or whatever. but those young dogs it that's the age group where I'm saying I don't like dealing with it because I don't like not using an e collar for tone and vibrate, which I use a ton on younger dogs, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, but I the think water it's trick dog collar yes. I've heard a lot.
1: Yeah, a shotgun collar is a great tool if used right. If used improperly, it will ruin more dogs than they you know? yeah. fix. Um, I think everybody's done at least. One. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I like, as soon as a puppy's old enough to wear a shotgun collar, it could fit around his neck, I put it on it. Not yeah. necessarily turn it on, I just let him wear it around for a couple hours a day. You can Wear it around when you're out there in the yard playing, whatever. That way it gets used to that collar. And then when you go to correct them, they're not—they already been wearing that collar forever. They're—they're they're not uh, putting two and two together that that collar right. is doing it. And then my dogs, every time I hunt them, they wear a TT fifteen, so they have the collar on every time. So that's nothing new, True. you know. So I, I think a guy could, you know, prevent a dog being collar wise by doing that. Yeah, you know, letting them wear that collar and getting used to it. They just don't associate it. Yeah, and then I like to always shock them as low as possible. You know, even like I said, when they get couple months old after the the weaning stage and it's big enough to wear the collar you know i let them wear it around and then once they wear it around and get used to it when i first time i shock them i don't use tone i only use tone to a tone's a reward thing you know like you're not in trouble that just means it's time to come back to the truck Mm -hmm. so how i do that is i'll put the collar on the dog and i'll call the dog's name if it comes to me then i tone it as it's coming to me if it doesn't come then i turn it down low as possible I bump it. If, no, if the dog doesn't respond, I turn it up a little bit and I bump it with the collar. I keep doing that until I get the dog's attention. Once the dog turns his head and gets his attention, then I call it again. And as soon as it starts coming, I start toning. Pet it up, give it a treat, you know. Right. And pretty soon they hear that tone, they come running to you. You know, they know what that means. <laughs> yeah. You know? But if you turn that collar up and just fry them the first time right off the bat, you're, they're just going to scare them to death, you know.
0: Because I, they don't know.
1: No, a lot of times you just barely got to bump a dog that's gets attention. Even trash breaking, you know, you know, once the dog learns that tone or learns that, that, that shock, they know they're going to get in trouble. You know, they don't need much to, some are different, you know, some dogs are hard headed and they need a little bit more, but most of them you can get away with a pretty low number. Just getting their attention.
0: I always tell guys like just enough to make their ear twitch. Oh, for sure. That's that's where you want to stop. That's enough. It's obviously getting their attention when you're working a young dog, it's a pretty good rule of thumb to not overcorrect yeah, definitely. And, and cause issues down the road, I think. Yeah, so I, it, oh, go yeah, ahead, man.
1: Yeah, I like to do
0: that, You know, like I said, around the yard,
1: get them where they'll come, teach them the tone, all that in the yard. I have a big dog yard, I can let them all in. And I try to let them run loose and learn to run around instead of being pinned up and being bored when they're real little. You know, you get them pinned up in a little kennel all day long, you know, they're they're bored. So I like that big yard. They run around in and I like to keep two pups. So they entertain each other, you know, too. Sure. And then if I'm going to to the store or going to a short trip, I'll throw them in the dog box and let them go for a ride. You mm-hmm. know, they can drive that way. They get used to being in the dog box. Sometimes I even feed them in the dog box. You know, mm-hmm. if a dog's not liking it and you know, kind of spooked in there, put a little bit of food in there with them and let them eat in there for just, you know, 10, 15 minutes and then take them out and put them away. And I also tried not to put them away, uh, you know, call them to me and catch them and then put them away every time. So then they learn that, okay, he's calling me because he wants me to put me up in the pen. Yeah. So you cat, call him, pat him, play with him, and let him go back and run around for a little bit, you know, and then call him. And that also helps a lot with them coming to you because, you know, they get smart and they say, well, every time he calls me, then he's going to throw me in the kennel, you know. Right. So they don't want to come. Fun's over.
0: I, I've had dogs do that before too. So, and that's just kind of the groundwork. I think that a lot of inexperienced dog owners don't realize goes into it. Oh, yeah. I'm not a dog trainer. I'm well aware of this, you know, but I've had good luck, you know, and I've I've learned what works for me and I've tried to figure out what works for each dog. So, it's a... It's interesting to talk to guys like you. I mean, like we've known each other for a long time. We hunt very, I'd say somewhat similar dogs. Yeah. There's some relation, I think. But when you're working with them, what would you say are the big things that you want to hit before you even take them to the woods? Like, let's say we're past the weaning stage. They know how to come when you call them. Like, what are the next steps as far as getting them ready to get to the woods? So I, I live up in the
1: mountain, so I can just take off my yard and walk the dogs around. Um, so I like taking them out in the brush, letting them learn the different smells, logs, and not necessarily hunting them, just getting them walking around and used to all the smells and stuff. That way, when you take them to the woods their first time, they're not like, oh man, what's all this? What's that smell? What's that? You know, they never they already know the kennel. all that. Yeah. They've never been out of the kennel before and they are, they don't know anything. And like I said, take them in the car ride, in the dog box, just to the store, just short trips. That way they're, they're not car sick. They're already over all that part when it's time to take them hunting. Um, I don't really do a lot of, of cage work or any, um, scent drags or anything like that when they're young. Um, I did try on this last litter I had, I tried letting them run rabbits at eight weeks old. I built a rabbit pen and I'd let them run up. Yep. And I don't know. I mean, I think it has some good things to it, but I also think it has some bad things to it. Um. I think it makes the dog, you know, kind of gamey and wanting to chase something. But it's more of a sight race, so it kind of makes them a little mouthy and they want to open a little bit more than they should because they're used to just chasing that rabbit around, you know. And I also think it makes them, um, you know, it does definitely make them want to run a rabbit, (laughs) you know, when you come across one, they're going to smell it. And which normally they kind of get over that on their own. You put them on enough good game, they kind of quit the rabbit thing. But I don't know. I, I don't think. I don't know if I'd ever not do it again but i i don't know if it's good or bad you know i, I i've seen some good like things come out of it. Pups, yeah i'm right? talking like eight young. weeks old yeah you know, i started running them rabbits with them at eight weeks old and they'd chase the heck out of them but <laughs> the bunny said, huggers don't need to be alarmed hey, we're not like mauling baby bunnies no yeah here. <laughs> no they just chase around the little pen, and then once they you know catch up to it i just grab the rabbit but mm-hmm. um they're a little too young to even do anything to it other than chase it but i don't know like i said it it it's fun to do and it's kind of neat to watch them chase it around. And I know a lot of guys that do it and have good success with it, but I, I feel like it made mine a little bit mouthy, a little bit bark out of place, you know, they, 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 well, they see them other dogs whip their tail and take off up the hill. They think they're chasing something grace on. They just take off bark and of go them, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I like, you know, I know I don't like that, but I, I don't know if that's the rabbit made them do that, but I kind of think it did. Because normally, when you're starting a young dog, you know, it's never seen nothing before. They don't know what them dogs are doing. It just kind of, that's their buddy and it just follows them around. Right. But when they're that young and they put two and two together, they think the race is on already and they just, you know, kind of blabber mouth that way.
0: Yeah. So, Which can cause problems down the road. Oh, for
1: sure. Especially when you're hunting varmints, you know, fox or cat. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you get a dog that's barking out of place and dogs make a lose, they go back to that dog and. The race is over. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, yeah, and that's what we've. I've talked to a lot of guys. You know that this isn't their style of hunting. You know what you and I are out there doing, but like trying to explain that wh- when a dog's super mouthy, you're talking about like it's not barking because it smells anything. It's barking. It's excited. Yeah. Because he's just excited. B- booger barking, labyrinth. I mean, there's a hundred different names for it. But the problem with that is then. Those dogs that know how to honor are going to do that. So let's say a front dog is making a lose; it swung left instead of hooking right, and you got a puppy back there just ya 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 ya, Yeah. Well, guess where that dog's going to go back to, right? <laughs> yeah, it thinks that I mean, puppy has the
1: track, so it's going to try
0: to get to the front of the race. And then everything <laughs> kind of just flies off <laughs> the handle and it gets yeah. yeah. But the far- you know that's that's why having a dog that's. You know, not too open is important. I think like that booger barking is yeah, it's tough with young dogs. Yeah, that's a and it's a common thing. You know, and I
1: think the you know any young pup they get excited like that and they're gonna bark. But as I said I think the rabbits running the rabbits enhance that.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a visual. They smell good. They, they jump. Yeah. I mean, it it makes sense. You're not the only one I know that I talked to a lot of guys. that started on rabbits and even that little trigger dog of mine. I mean. We had some rabbits that just got loose and that was it. Like he knew every spot to check and he would do it. But his number one problem was he was way too babbly. Like he'd get excited and he would start barking. So, I mean, I, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, I think certain dogs, it'll just make them way more open.
1: Yeah. Cause they're running the rabbit. I mean, they can smell it, but basically run it by sight,
0: you know, mm-hmm. cause they see it in that pen and chase it around. But Yeah. Um, so once they've kind of got that, you know, you're using that to see their drive and their go, right? I mean, you're looking to see which ones are wanting to. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, is that something you do before you make your pick? No,
1: I did that. You know, this, this is the first time I did it. This last litter I had the the fin and bubbles litter, and mm-hmm. I didn't do it till after I I had kept three of them, and I didn't do it till after I they just had my three. Oh, then gotcha. I did it, but. I wanted to do it. I just didn't have the rabbits and didn't have everything. It took me a little bit to get everything set up, you know. Sure. So, I, and I kind of noticed what was happening with that. Them pups doing that. So the next litter I had right after that, which was out of Cotton and Bird, I have two of those. I didn't run the rabbits. I did one or two times, and that was it. And right. I did, these other ones, I was going out there once a week. You know, I was having fun running. Them, you know, and then mm-hmm. once I realized what was going on, I'm like <laughs> I think I, I made Back mistake. that off. So I I think a guy could do it a little bit and wouldn't be as bad, but as much as I did it, they, you know, it didn't do them justice, which they're doing, the dogs are doing okay now, but they're still a little mouthy. but they're just turned a year old now.
0: Yeah. So what else, I mean, beyond that, as far as getting them ready for that first day, you know, we've got walking them around, getting them exposed to the environment, you know, and I've noticed even with the last couple of young dogs I've had, and I got one I'm working with right now, We've got kind of a fenced dog yard too where they can go out. And we've got our goats that run in it. You know, we've got the pigs out back. They got chickens. So it's like they just kind of get acclimated. And I noticed a huge difference. Like even this young dog that didn't want me, I'm going to say, I guess I will say, he didn't really want me to touch him. Like he's not ill or anything like that. He just wants to play and like do the bob and weave and get away from you. Yeah. But I just kept going out there and working with him and working with him to get him to come, like you were saying, and then, when we went to the woods, I mean dead serious, first time you take him to the woods he's he's working yeah, you know they're not sticking on oh, this smells right here, you know they've been exposed to a thousand different smells at that point, so we've yeah. got the exposure, we've got the playing with them at the young age, you know, car rides. What's another big one for you before the first trip to the woods? Yeah, definitely handling, you know, I know we kind of touched on that,
1: but yeah, I want them, they know their name and to come when I call them, recall, you know, you want to make sure they'll come to you and you can handle them. You know, you, like you said, that pup that you had, you know, sometimes they're a little hard to catch when they're pups like that. Hmm. Um, but I want to make sure I can handle that dog before I take it. Sure. You know, the car ride, like I said, get them where they're not sick. Because that's a lot of problems the guys have, I think, is they take their... Puppy and been in the kennel the whole time, and they throw it in the dog box, and I'm going to take it to the woods. while well, they get up there and it's car sick? You know, it's oh. not going to want to do anything. <laughs> it's right. and then they're all mad because the pup didn't do nothing. Well, you know, you set it up for failure. You right. know, you, you can't expect it to do anything when it's so sick from riding in the dog box or on the curves and everything else. And you know,
0: you dump Getting it out by the other dogs, and yeah. not knowing what's going on.
1: And another thing I like to do is keep. I like to buddy up my puppy with not necessarily my lead dog, but you know, sometimes the lead dog, but a, a dog that's always going to be there. And one that's going to, you know, be nice to the puppy in the kennel too. You know, mm-hmm. some dogs just don't like pups, but you gotta get one that it that can tolerate the puppy and that buddies up with that dog and it'll pretty much go anywhere that dog go. Yeah. So, you know, that, let that dog teach it and it'll follow that dog. And, uh, when I, like I said, normally I keep two puppies. So I like to hunt one at a time at first, getting that one to go with the old dogs and, and make the races. But when you got two together, then they want to play and run (laughs) down the road. You know, they don't want to, they don't know what's going on. It's hard. It's, you know, it can be done, but it makes it 10 times harder. If you just have one puppy, it will go with the old dogs every time. It will be there. It won't mill around, you know, won't leave the tree. But you get two of them together and they get the plane at the tree. They have no idea what's going on pretty soon. They're 200 yards down the hill playing playing, you know, but it's not, most of the time, they're not going to go do that by themselves. They're going to stick with the rest of the dogs if it's just one puppy.
0: Right. And then you do you let them like interact at home, just in the dog yard, and you keep them kenneled with that older dog?
1: Yeah, it depends on the, the pup. But, yeah, I'll uh, let them all inter- interact with the whole pack in the dog yard, you know. and then you know, pick a one dog and either put it right next to that dog or try to put it in there with that dog and just
0: kind of let it buddy up with that one dog. Mm-hmm. to where it'll follow that dog everywhere it goes that's what i started i mean from the beginning i didn't necessarily always kennel them together but i would take and i'd put them between them so if i had two kennels that pup was going between two of my solid dogs yeah so that they you know even if they're not in there playing and running around together they're there i mean they they're used to being with those dogs so it just seemed to always help get them to go like you said they just wanting to be with their buddies at first till they figure this all out yeah and that made a big difference rather than when i used to keep like two puppies together that was the worst
1: yeah you can keep them together for a little while and then once they get to that age you know probably about i don't know three months old or so yeah. three four months old i like to make sure i separate them you know because i don't want them
0: to buddy up anymore i want them to buddy up with an old dog you know and so do you have had them i mean uh, not to cut you off but do you make sure that like the puppies aren't even kenneled next to each other like there's could, adult yeah. dogs between them.
1: Yeah, I like at least put one or two dogs in between them. You know, I don't yeah. like to have them even right next to because I don't want them looking for each other. Because I've made this mistake before and kept puppies and just kept them together their whole lives until I started hunting them. You know, or their young life, and then you know about five six months old, you go to hunt them. They won't do nothing without their buddy. You yeah. know, all they're wanting to do is where's their friend? You know, so and. Yeah you know, it takes a little bit to break them of that. That's all they know. So I'd rather buddy up with some, uh, you know, a good dog than another
0: puppy. Oh, for sure. And that seems to be a big thing. I don't know. I'm kind of like you. I've always kept two. Whenever we had a litter, I just, I kept two, but I talked to a lot of people on the phone and I hear it so many times. Oh yeah. We're keeping two or three or four. I mean, whole litter. Man, that is so much work before you decide to do that like that is a lot of work it Siblings is a lot work. Are hard enough as it is wouldn't you say whether the, oh yeah like two different puppies from different litters even it seems like is way different
1: but i think if a guy had the time and and a way to do it i think that if you could keep all the puppies up until it's time to hunt them you could cull through them and pick the best one that you think would work the best for you out of that litter mm-hmm. it'd be a lot of work and i i can't do it i can only keep you know, three or four, but I, I any more than that, it's, can't do it. But, uh, then you just keep them up until the age you're going to start hunting. I mean, maybe start them a little bit and say, okay, I like this one the best. And then, you know, get rid of the rest of the starter dogs or do something, you know, but when you're going to try to hunt all those, it, it's
0: really you can't hard hunt enough. No, you can't. It I mean, there's not can't. enough hours in the day. You think if you've got even just say two puppies, it doesn't seem like much, but the dedication to give them that time alone where they're not just playing grab ass and not learning. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I'm going to refer to fishing, right? My buddy's always told me you're not fishing unless you're on the bottom. Okay. You can take those puppies to the woods, but if they're not in the right mindset and they're off grab assing, they're not learning anything. You can scratch that off. You didn't even take them to the woods. You should have saved your gas. Yeah. Learning bad how I habits. look at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So if you're splitting them up and you're hunting them like that, I mean, shoot, dude, even two puppies, you're looking at at least, I mean, at bare minimum, two days a week, really more like four or five days a week, right? I mean, you hunt a ton. Yeah. How many days a week do you think you hunt? I hunt,
1: uh, well, I hunt about four or five days a week, every week.
0: Which is insane. Hats off, man. I wish I <laughs> yeah, had that time. <laughs> I spent a lot of
1: time in the woods.
0: I'm slacking it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's a rough time of year right now. I've seen a lot of guys though
1: start, you know, a bunch of puppies like that and have a good success. But I think that there's a lot of frustration and a lot of chaos in the beginning. You know, I I've heard guys say it's not, but I, I don't see how it couldn't be. <laughs> you know, it It always was for me. You can't overload your old dogs with a whole pack of puppies and they're Even your old dogs get to where they're like, what in the (laughs) heck's going on? They don't even wanna you know,
0: they don't even want to be out there with them either. So what do you think? I mean, because you brush that subject, when it comes to your pack dynamics, I mean, what are your thoughts as far as finished dogs versus started dogs versus puppies? Like numbers breakdown. Like, is there a I like to see x amount of finished dogs per one puppy like do you think of it that way at all when you're bringing in new ones no i like to have
1: plenty of well started dogs ones that's already kind of know what's going on i wouldn't necessarily say finished dogs i normally don't keep too many finished dogs because the way i look at it is uh if you got too, too many finished dogs the young started dogs are never going to step it up to become those finished dogs, you know, like actually right now I, I should have got rid of cotton a long time ago, but it's hard to do because he's, you know, exceptional you like dog. Yeah. He, <laughs> but in order to make these other dogs, step it up, you know, I actually, lately I've been doing that. I haven't been hunting him as much, you know, letting these other dogs start striking and doing all this other stuff without relying on him.
0: But mm-hmm. I've
1: seen that time and time again, a guy gets rid of his lead dog and his second string dogs just all of a sudden come on because they have oh, to.
0: Definitely. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, it's kind of like they rise to the occasion. Yeah. I think that it because I've seen that that happen to me when we lost uh, Thumper. I mean, he was like my first finished dog, and I bought him finished. But when we lost him, I thought, man, this is going to suck. Like, this is going to be horrible. These dogs are there's no way. And in the matter of about three trips, it went from what am I going to do for the rest of season and the near future to we got this. Like yeah. they stepped it up and it was like, they just honored that dog. Cause they hunted under him so much as young dogs. I think that when he was pulled out of the picture, it was like light switch. Yeah. And once they realize that
1: they have to do it and that dog's not there no more, they, they come on strong. You know, I've seen it time and time again by getting rid of the, my best dog. I've had guys mm-hmm. like, you're crazy. Why are you selling that one? I'm like, Cause I got to finish these other ones
0: because you can get rid of one and make four (laughs) yeah i can make a whole bunch of
1: money off one and and build these other ones off of that you know yeah
0: yeah exactly
1: but i like to start back to starting pups i like to start mine slow you know a lot of guys are all gung-ho and they want to get their puppy in there and go on and stuff but when i'm hunting my pup i'm more like trying to set up the best case scenario for it Mm -hmm. if it ain't right You know, I'm not gonna turn it out, and I've had heard people say this a million times. Oh, they're not learning anything in that box. Well, they're definitely not learning bad habits. (laughs) You know, you know, (laughs) that's the truth. Yeah, I don't want to go take my dog with. You know, say I go with some buddy, and they got some bunch of young dogs too, and so I don't want. I'm not gonna hunt my puppy with all their young dogs. You know, Mm -hmm. because. You know, I don't know if their dogs are going to run a deer, or coyote, skunks, or whatever. You know, and I don't want to set my puppy up to do that. You know, the le- the better you can keep them away from that kind of stuff, the better you are. You know, for sure. Um, so I like to start them slow, and I like to road my pups with just my dogs. And you know, I don't like a bunch of chaos if I can keep from it. You know, so I, I I'm I'm funny when I start my pups. I I don't I like to do it my own. You know, by myself and not have a bunch of people around. Yeah, and you know i start them a little bit and i'll take them to lead them to trees and stuff like that but as far as hunting them goes you know depends on who i'm with and who's around but most time i just leave mine put up and let you know just hunt my old dogs
0: i think a lot of guys are that way <laughs> i mean justifiably so i uh,
1: yeah
0: i'm too it's i think especially like you rode and i guess we should explain that because there are a lot of people that don't know what roading is still you know that's when we put our dogs out in front of the truck or UTV whatever and we drive and they stay out in front of the truck and search for a scent and hunt on off the road you know the hope is that they're making that zigzag and trying to find game yeah but i feel like you learn so much about a young dog like i've been really blessed the last 2 you put them in the road and they just went to work you know whether that was just instinct or what i did with them prior to getting into the woods that roading time is really personal Like, I like to do that alone, too, because you learn a lot about that dog and how they interact, what they pick up from those other older dogs. You know, like, for example, you got a puppy that smells something and it puts its nose in it and it wants to start, you know, grubbing on it. There's a time you got to tell it to move on, right? Like, you're not going to sit there and let it mess with something that five broke dogs just ran over. Yeah, for sure. But I sure let them smell it. And then I let them know, hey, let's go tone. You know, I use my tone a little different than you do. It sounds like, but I have my command for that. And it's like, okay, here we go. It's time to go. And then you'll watch them. They'll see those old dogs start sniffing. And then when the old dogs decide to move on down the road, it's like all of a sudden it'll click. It's like, okay, it's not supposed to be that we're going to go. We're going to go look for something else. But it's hard to do that when you got 20 dogs in front of the truck. Yeah, definitely. Especially 20 that you don't know, you know. Right.
1: Yeah, you know, it,
0: it makes a big difference. But- and that's hard, I think, for a lot of inexperienced guys, you know, getting into it, that is a hard thing to do is go roading with a bunch of dogs you don't know and not understand it because it is a big building block, I think. Oh I definitely. don't know, it's weird to me. Like the way everybody hunts is so different from region to region. Like I thought for years strike dogs were just a thing i thought they all did it and now i've learned (laughs) that's definitely not the case yeah (laughs) and same with rodent you know there's dogs that are really really good at it and there's other dogs that aren't so i mean when you're working those puppies are you usually like you said roding just one pup at a time then
1: yeah, I like to just rode one pup at a time at
0: first until I can get them where they're
1: learning to road. Because you put three or four of them out there, they're just going to take off running down the road playing, you know. Yeah. But you get one, it's going to stick around with the old dogs normally. Yeah. You know, and that, I don't know. It's a fine line when you're first starting out a dog there. Because if you got a dog that's really gamey and wanting to strike and run stuff at a young age like that, and you put it out on the road, it's going to strike every. Deer, every mm. coyote, everything that comes across. I have one like that right now. Her name's Ivy. She'll strike. She's an outstanding strike dog, but she'll strike anything she smells. And she, right? she's only, well, she's nine months old now. So what I do with her is I don't road her that much because I don't want her to start striking these tracks, the trash. And every time she strikes one, she's learning to strike trash. Mm. So, but you know, of course I could, you know, shock her, break her off of them, but then you're discouraging her to strike. Right. You know, she don't know the difference between a gray fox or a coyote at this point. So what I do is I like to just put her on, you know, a dog like that. I like to put her on, you know, 15, 20 fox first, take her to trees, a lot of jump outs where she knows what a small fox smells like. Yeah. Once she figures that out, a lot of times they kind of break themselves. But then you could put her in the road if she starts something the old dogs won't. Then you could bump her, and she goes, "Okay, when I run that fox, I don't get in trouble. When I run this, I do." But when you just put them out there and let them, you know, shock them right off the bat for running trash, they don't know the difference, and you're going to discourage your dog from striking anything. So those dogs are the hardest ones. Yeah, that that's a fine line between, you know, you want to road your dog and you want to hunt it, but you don't also don't want to break it from striking and. It's it's like conditioning
0: versus breaking, right? Like, I own dogs that I've literally probably shocked on one, eh, probably two skunks and one deer in their entire life. That's all it took. But like you're saying, they got put on Fox over and over and over and over to the point where I'm like, I don't think they're going to run anything else. Yeah, Like if I wanted to go run something different, I don't know if they would or not, which is, it's crazy in my mind, you know, a lot of the conception is, is that they're going to just run whatever you put them on. And I think that that mindset with a puppy is a hundred percent true. They are probably going to run whatever you put them on. Oh, definitely. But don't want to break them from that willingness to run.
1: Yeah. You the- want them to go out there and find a track. So you don't want to break them from doing that. So the best way I found to do it is just hold the puppy up, you know, leave it in the truck when the dogs get a a track going, you know, your old dog strike, and you know, it's good. Dump them out then, you know, get them on there. Or the best thing is to take them to trees, you know, Mm -hmm. and do jump outs, you know, I jump the Fox out, tie the old dogs back. Let just the young dogs run it, you know, let them run it and treat it. And if they make a bad lose, then send the old dogs in and let them pick it up, you know, and then they'll learn then, okay, this thing's still going. I got to go a little farther out and find it. You know, that, uh, you know, I think a guy can, do a lot of things to a young dog to either make them better or make them worse. You know? Yeah. Um, just like even start even farther back when you first starting them. Uh, if your puppy cannot keep up with the dogs and it's just getting thrown out and just barking behind, you're teaching it to run behind.
0: You're teaching that dog to chase them other dogs. In my opinion. You just read my mind, man. Cause that's <laughs> my next question. Like I'm curious what you think. Because a lot of these guys, you know, that are inexperienced and they're putting these dogs out and let's say they are roading them and they're going and going and going. Well, that puppy puts on six miles, young dog, puppy, whatever you want to call it. By the time they start that track, that dog is flat, gassed sometimes, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Which can be a very bad situation because even if it's got the willingness to go, it doesn't have the ability. Like it's not going to be able to navigate The country it's not going to keep up with speed because it just hasn't it hasn't learned how to run right which i think is a big thing oh definitely running around the yard is one thing you can take the fastest dog in the world and put them in the brush and they're not going to know what to do
1: yeah definitely
0: so do you when you work your puppies do you work them in like blocks where you'll you'll road them and then pick them up and let them kind of catch wind and then put them out again when they get a track going or are they on the dirt constantly? Yeah. Normally
1: what I do is I rode the old dogs and I leave the pups in the truck. And if I don't strike something, I will put the puppies out in the road when it's later in the day, when there ain't much game moving. I've already rode it through there because I don't want them to strike nothing. I just want them to get want and them exercise and learn to smell everything, you know? But my main thing I do with them is jump out. So I'll take them puppies to the tree and then, I'll jump the fox out and let them go with them. It's a red hot track. Normally they don't run very hard on a jump out and they can smell the fox good. They hear the dogs barking. They put two and two together that them dogs are barking because they're smelling a the track. And, you know, that's how I like to start mine. And I like to do it in the daylight. You know, I like to right. start them out in the daylight, put them on, you know, 10, 15, 20 fox, which you know, that's a lot of fox, but, you know, somebody's hunts five or six nights a week. It don't take that long <laughs> to catch somebody, right. you know, right. but so I put them on a bunch of those, get them where they're just, you know, what a fox is. They know what them dogs barking means. You know, they're, they're not running behind because it's a short race normally on them jump out. Sometimes you get one that runs pretty good, but they hardly ever run as good as the initial race, you know, the jump out. Yeah. Fox already ran once. It's already been tired once as it's already treed, you know? So, Mm -hmm. you know, you're setting up the puppy for the best case scenario. You're making it to where it's,
0: you know, building its confidence. Yep. You know. um, You're stacking the deck a little. Yeah. I mean, in their favor, and that's what it takes. Yeah, because,
1: I said, I don't like setting them up for failure. I don't like putting them in chaotic stuff and, you know, deer races, skunk races, whatever. You know, I like to keep from that as much as possible sure and like i said running behind i like to keep them from that as much as possible i don't want them barking, and dogs i want them chasing the fox mm-hmm. you know especially like the dog's cold trailing a fox yeah. you know once the dog knows what a fox is then you put it out there with them dogs trailing it smells that fox even just a little bit of it or a cat or bear whatever you want to run and then it says okay puts two and two together this is that same scent you know and i was trying yeah. to trail this up but otherwise, when you got them out there, they don't know what's going on. They're just out there with the old dogs, and then all of a sudden, the old dogs run off and leave them. And now they're out there booger barking. Where'd everybody go? You know,
0: <laughs> lost, barking, uh, lost. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you do that over and over again, you're gonna, you know, ruin their confidence. And Especially you get on them long, hard. Some of them fox races run for four or five hours. That puppy ain't a way it ever make that. You know, a little puppy like that. So. Until they can right. get to that age to where they can keep up and make the race, then, you know, I don't, I don't try to push it on. them. Some of them can at a young age and yeah. some take a little bit longer. They're all different, but until they get to that point, I don't push them.
0: Well, that's where you got to have a keen eye as a, a trainer. I mean, we're all trainers when it's that time, right? Like we might not be professionals, but we're all training. Yeah, for sure. So you got to really keep a keen eye. And you've been doing this for so long. I mean, if people haven't heard your past episodes, you've been running dogs since you were a kid. Have you like, is there anything that sticks out in your mind? Like as far as starting these young dogs that you used to do or like the old way of thinking and you've just realized, Hey, this really isn't working. You know, this works way better. Is there any of those like aha moments that you found when you're working the young dogs?
1: Oh yeah. Lots of, I mean, Especially
0: bear hunting, you know, putting them young dogs on mean bears,
1: you know, it you'll ruin more dogs than you make. You know, a lot like you said earlier, a lot of guys, well, it either got you know, dog either has it or it don't. Well, yeah, I mean, that's you know, true to some extent, but you know, some dogs you just got to bring it out of them. They have it, but they just don't know they have it yet. You know, right? It some of them take a little longer. Like that Eli dog I had, he's the best hound I've ever owned. Um, His sister at a young age was barking at a coon, you know making trees tree just phenomenal at six seven months old he he would just kind of go with the dogs he'd make a tree he'd miss a tree he just you know just a a young dog wasn't doing nothing outstanding and then but time they finished out he turned out to be the best dog i've ever owned and she just turned out to be
0: a dog you know she was just a decent dog nothing special like they plateau yeah A, a lot of my early starters did that too yeah, they look real good. And then they hit about a year, year and a half. And they half, just kind of like, stay right eh, there. What happened? Like, you didn't learn how to learn. You just, you're going 100% off natural ability. And that only carries you so far, I think.
1: Yeah, to me, the smarter dogs are the ones that take their time and they have to think about stuff like what's going on. You know, like I've had a lot of guys, oh, my dog, it's the first tree. It's already treeing. Well, that doesn't impress me at all. That dog does not know anything's up there. You know, how could it?
0: How many so slick it, ones are you gonna walk yeah, to after that's that? That's not the
1: kind of dog I want. You know, I want one that's been on, you know, 10, 15, 20 Fox before it realizes, hey, there's something up there. And then it starts treeing. Then you're like, okay, it's got a brain, it's putting two and two together. You know, right. it, it didn't just go in there barking because the other dogs were. Yeah. You know? And it yeah, like I said, it takes them a little longer. I, I start mine a little slower than everybody else. But um, in the end, I think it makes a, a better dog.
0: The better finished product, yeah. For sure. Get
1: a better finished product instead of a you know
0: young dog that's just kind of rattleheaded, blowing and going, you know. So let's say number one tip like somebody's just they just picked their dog up. It's eight weeks old. They're looking forward to the next six months. Like if we were gonna break this down to bullet points, I think we're looking at handle, right? Like yeah. I I put that as number one, yeah, usually. Cause if you don't have a good handle on your dog and we're talking like the handle has changed in recent time, even it seems like like 20 years ago, guys weren't doing what we're doing with dogs. They couldn't. As far as they didn't have the 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 technology. technology.
1: You know, a lot of people I've seen them knock the the Garmin collars and and GPS collars. But if you know how to operate one of those, that is the best tool for training dogs. You know, you could teach a dog so much with that from you know if a dog's leaving the track or or stuck you know trailing behind the other dogs are going on you can just bump it with that collar get his attention then it goes here's another dog that goes to him but before you turn the dog loose and if it was at the tree you thought it was good if it wasn't you had no idea what it did in between (laughs) you (laughs) don't know what happened in between you don't know
0: if it was really good you just told yourself it was good yeah
1: it might have made the tree and you know, it's a young dog and it's not trained real good yet, and milled off. And then you get there, and that dog ain't here. and It ain't worth nothing. You know? Yeah, right. That thing, he might have led the whole race. <laughs> he could have caught the game <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, you know, the guy doesn't uh, know that unless you have that GPS collar. You know, you can hear a lot of it and kind of tell what's going on, but right there's a lot more to it than a guy can only hear. You know, by yeah. watching that GPS
0: so like handle i'll hammer that handle 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 make your dogs handle it's gonna make your life so much easier down the road and just especially panic situations you know like you said a dog gets hurt or something instead of getting coyote like and running off and hiding like a good handling dog is gonna let you handle it yeah and i think that's just one that really means driven home with with inexperienced dog owners you know houndsmen bird dogs whatever it's just work on that handle yeah you want to be able
1: to touch that dog anywhere without it biting you or being scared you know and be able to doctor it, handle it um yeah that's to me that's a big thing
0: yeah that that's what i put as number one and i would say i don't know if i want to say like one's better than the other but you really need to make sure that you're setting them up like you said building confidence Confidence is a huge factor in a puppy. Whether it's they need to be confident around lo- loud noises. Oh, definitely you know, not be gun shy. Like that's a different kind of confidence than hey, I'm going to go toe to toe with a bear, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. But they're
0: both a confidence thing, and it can all be instilled in those early, early times of training and working them, even before you go to the woods. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that's I agree. That's a. Big thing, you don't want to set them up for uh success, not failure, you know. And then I would say like acclamation to the environment, to the hunting aspect, you know, the routine that goes through. Make that dog a part of it every time. Like that dog will learn the routine. Even these young dogs that I've I'll use mine as an example. I I'm thinking, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to catch this thing. Like I shouldn't even take him to the woods right now, but I'm I'm going to. We've made some headway. He's doing pretty good. We'll figure this out. Him and the last pup that I raised, you take him to the woods and it was like a light switch. It was totally different. And that was before, or I'm sorry, after we had the turnout pen. So they just, I don't know if it was because they were just acclimated. They knew something was different, but they weren't distracted because they already were familiar with those scents. And you know, they'd been around the truck and things like that to where when we went to the woods, it, it helped set them up for success. And you got to see it and it was drastic. Yeah, definitely. Because the
1: guy don't want to take him to the woods and everything be a new experience to him. You know, the hunting part of it would be the only thing new. They've already seen right. the truck. They've already been, you know, through the brush. They've already led. I didn't really talk about that too much, but I teach them how to walk on a leash. You know, I teach them to walk behind me and not drag me everywhere I go, you know, because you can't lead 10 dogs when they're dragging you.
0: <laughs> Splitting <laughs> you know, trees. Yeah, and, you want yeah. Them to follow
1: behind you. It's easier said than done, but that's, you know, what they're supposed to do. Um, yeah. Nowadays, I don't even hardly lead them at all. You know, right. they, they'll follow me. I lead them. Eddie kind of taught me, got me doing this again, but I... Kind of lead them away from the tree a little bit sometimes, unless it's really brushy and I just can't fight ten dogs, you know. But if I can lead them away from the tree and pull them off the tree, I found it's a little better because I I mean I've pulled my dogs off so many trees they got to the point to where I would just start walking away and they'd follow me. They see me and they okay it's time to go. I didn't have to call them, and so I don't want that, you know. I don't want them to hear me coming or pull up or something. I want them to stay tree until I tell them to go. So you know, Eddie told me start tying them up and just pulling them away. So I do that. I get them you know, minions up my can or all of them, and I pull them away a couple hundred yards, and then I make them follow me to the trap. And that seems to be helping a bunch when
0: it comes right. to that. It's just the routine. And get them acclimated. So you're limiting the factors there. Like you're focusing on micro pieces. I guess you're breaking it all down. So when you go to the woods, it shouldn't be like this huge gamut of things they're learning. Yeah, they learn I mean, all granted.
1: this stuff at home way before you ever hunt them right you know like i said from where we're at now the leash leading you know teach them that teach them um not never say loading up you know yeah it's nice to have them jump in but you know sometimes like my truck's really tall it's hard for them to jump in it takes a little bit for them to get used to that so they'll most time they'll do that on their own you know they'll learn to load up but i just want to get used to being around the truck used to riding in the dog box even if you let them just sleep in there at night, throw them in there and let them sleep in there through the night and then take them out the next day, you know, just so they're not scared of that box. That way when you yep. do take them to the woods, they're not like terrified from riding in that truck and car sick and everything else. Yeah. So I think car you know, sick is the worst. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> if anybody's never had a car sick puppy, consider yourself lucky. Yeah. You
1: get a car sick puppy and then you take it and try to hunt it. It just, it's not going to work out good for you. No. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm looking forward. I think we're going to do some more of these and, and break it down kind of by group. You know, this one was geared more towards puppies and getting them ready for that first step to the woods, but we're going to have to get back together and do like the first part of hunting. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd like to what do that. Focus on when we go from conditioning and just acclimation to actually hunting that dog and, and testing and things like that. And I think we'll, uh, yeah, i like some to, good topics.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. You know, there's a lot of things a guy can do, you know, along the way to to help him out and get him doing different things. You know, they all got holes and all got problems, but some of them you can fix by doing these little steps and, except like using that GPS collar to his advantage. Shot For that sure. train collar. you know, Tritronics on there. You know, a guy well, can. I,
0: <laughs> I think we're going to have, I mean, shoot, this flew by. We're almost an hour already, you know. Yeah. It's there's so much you can try to cram it all into one and it just doesn't happen.
1: Oh yeah. So we'll have
0: to do a couple, you know, follow up or a couple follow-ups and just keep kind of working through these. Cause what I, what I like the most is the phone calls we get from, from listeners, you know, and they'll say, you know, Hey, this really helped. And they'll, they'll list off an episode or just a line from an episode you know, and hopefully just all these different perspectives will help people realize, yeah, there's still a lot of ways to do it, but there's a lot of knowledge out there, yeah, there's, you know, and we've all tried a lot of different stuff. <laughs> yeah. There's tons of ways to do it. There's a lot of guys that have good
1: ways and, and, you know, I'm not saying my way is right or, or somebody else's is wrong, but that's just the way I do things. And, right. you know, I'm sure there's guys that have their own ways that work for them too, you know? And like I said, every dog is different. So one thing that you do to one dog is not going to work on the next one. You got to learn that dog and say, okay, this dog needs a little help with this. And that one needs a little help with that. And just kind of break it up that way. You know, you can't treat them all the same, but in general, what we talked about, you can kind of do it like that. You know, some are going to be easier than others and some are going to be a pain. (laughs)
0: There's a method to it. (laughs) yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, So I think back early on, Jared Moss was, you know, one of the first ones we did the training tips with, and it's like, it's all about a method. Everybody's method is different, but there is a method. Oh, behind yeah, Everything for sure. we do, or you're wasting your time. Like you're just, you're rolling the crap's dice, you know?
1: Yeah. You got to have a goal of what you want to do and what you want to see that puppy do, um, you know, and have a way of, of doing it. You know, a lot of it's, you know, flying by the seat of your pants, all of a sudden you're like, okay, I got to do something here yeah. and just kind of come up with something and try it and see if it works. But you know, a lot of that, I listen to a lot of podcasts and there's a lot of things I've picked up and learned from podcasts too. And like, okay, yeah, I like that. I'm going to try that. You know, it sounds like that would work, sure. you know? Yeah. That's one great thing about listening to these podcasts. There's some really good information that a guy can pick up.
0: For sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. I know you had a long day. Yeah. We'll have to get fun. together and do this again. Yeah,
1: for sure. Definitely. All right. will, well, pick up where we left uh, off and, and hit the next stage of these young dogs.
0: <laughs> for sure yeah and i don't even think we introduced you i'm the worst at that because i mean shoot i've known you for so long but cougar i'm gonna refer to you as cougar <laughs> okay. from now on michael ewing <laughs> it's weird for me to call you michael yeah all, i'm gonna be real honest it's weird Yeah, all the hunters <laughs> call me cougar
1: everybody at work calls me mike or michael
0: a <laughs> few yeah, of, them, right. of them
1: call me cougar the ones that sound with me a little bit but
0: yeah <laughs> if, if anybody
1: has hounds they all call me cougar
0: Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. It was good catching up a little bit. We'll have to do it again here soon. For sure.